Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. I am Mark Diego, Diego, Diego Hoffmeyer. And I am Jay Goddamn Cluett. <laughs> so many. <laughs> this guy. is Deep Blue Sea, the Goddamn podcast. He's like uh, that guy that's that he's he's that guy from Not Another Teen Movie that just swears an insane amount as a joke. Like, hey. <laughs> Like, words making a character who does nothing but swear as a joke, but this is one in a real movie. Yep. Such a mean character. Anyway, uh, today we're talking about Primal, the, the movie with the mean character in it. What is Primal? Oh, sorry. No. Dude, screw me all up, Mark. This is Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, where we talk about uh, Deep Blue Sea adjacent <laughs> films. So we previously covered the whole Deep Blue Sea trilogy, one one chapter at a time. Now looking at Deep Blue Sea adjacent films, that is films directed by Rennie Harlan, featuring sharks, or lots of aquatic action, which is the case today with Primal. What is Primal? Well, it is a 2019 film directed by Nick Powell, written by Richard Leder, starring Nicolas Cage, Famke Janssen, Kevin Durand, LaMonica Garrett, Jeremy Nazario, and Michael Imperioli. And it's about uh, a big game hunter, Nick Cage, uh, Frank Walsh, He's caught uh, a white jag, a very rare white jag, and a bunch of other animals. He's taken them from Brazil to uh, the United States. And uh, sharing the, the, the boat is a, a convicted killer, criminal of some kind, Kevin Durand, being escorted by authorities. And wouldn't you know it, he gets out, lets the animals out, hilarity ensues. Now, this is a very special episode of Deep Sea the Podcast, because this is the start of a new season of the show. Uh, we've previously been doing weekly episodes for, for Deep Sea Adjacent Films. We're now moving to monthly. So it's not an exciting change. <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, I'm sorry. It's, it's, we're going to keep the podcast going, but it's going to be less frequently because Mark and I have a, a second project that the days comes out. We'll be starting tomorrow, July 14th, Con Air the podcast. Uh, we look at the, the classic Nicolas Cage escaped prisoner on a vehicle film, Con Air. So this felt like a good... Uh, clashing of the Venn diagrams between Deep Blue Sea and Conair of Primal. And whenever we start a new uh, series, we'd like to bring in the same guest. Uh, a guest who once told us that doesn't matter what film we cover, just let him know what it is and when he used to be there, and he'll be there. And I feel like we're really testing that promise that he made. Uh, uh, Mark, who's joining us today? 
Oh, it's the wonderful, it's the illustrious, it is the polo-wearing man who built a corn maze in Iowa so he could be more like Patrick Wilson. It's Nicholas Rehack. It's me, the federal clown. <laughs> That's how I felt watching this movie. Just the regular Einstein. When, when, they, when he called him a federal clown, I thought he called him a feral clown. <laughs> which was going to be my intro for the for the show today was Jay Feral Clown Clue and then I read it I watched it again I was like wait he said Feral Clown that's less funny uh, <laughs> Diego Diego wipe all Diego. the froth from your mouth Mr. Chuckles <laughs> we're on a ship pal <laughs> there's, there's a um... kitchen fight in this movie with monkeys <laughs> yeah, yeah on a boat on a boat I mean this so I watched this once, and I kind of just – I bought it. I had to buy it because the rental was 4 bucks, and to buy it was 7 So I was like, well, whatever. Let's pick it up. And I watched it the first time, and I wasn't too entertained. But I started thinking about it. I think I started thinking about how dense the plot is. And just like, – this movie could have just had animals on a boat killing people. But they decided to, to put in six foot five Kevin Durand, a um, – what does he call him? A Sasquatch mother effort. Yeah, they decided the, uh... to add him to this. <laughs> The the least subtle uh, actor Canada's ever offered, I think. Yeah. Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant. He's great, but he's not. He's uh, <laughs> he doesn't play small. He gets it. And just watching, oh man. And then I started thinking about it. So then I watched it again, and then I messaged you. I was like, "This is the perfect way to transition because we have uh, Famke uh, Janssen from Deep Rising. Deep Rising's Famke Janssen. We have oh, yeah. kitchen fights." We have just Nick Cage trapped on a boat with a criminal, so that's kind of like Con Air. Yeah. I mean, it is just... This isn't an accident, Mark. I, I picked this yeah. for a reason. <laughs> it's a very sweaty pick. Good sweat work in this movie as well. I just want to say that. They should have put that on the, the DVD thing. Uh, DVD box. Oh, man. Yeah, they definitely. <laughs> they should have put that on there. But yeah, yeah just I little mean, garlands around best sweat work. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. Quick question, guys. You are a hunters, right? You've been kicked out of eight zoos in ten years. You've you you're currently wearing a Henley. You got a nice hat, and you're in a treehouse in a forest somewhere. In the movie, Nick Cage has a magazine, he has some nuts, and he has a cigar. What three items would you take with you? Like, so you got to have a, a a food, a magazine, and a vice. Like, what would be your three that you'd take with you into that treehouse to wait for the, the mythical jaguar? Mm. Hmm. Okay, okay. So food, it's got to be something that lasts. Uh, it's got to be something kind of that's not terrible for you. You don't want to get any, like, gastroenteritis on it, on, on the animals that's you're trying very, to catch. Very, very good points. Very they, good they, points. They'll be downwind of you and uh, mistakes. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you mine while you guys please, are struggling? Yes. So I would take an Empire magazine, not just because Ooh. of uh, Nick DeSemlin and the crew. From it's because you can read that thing from cover to cover. Like you can normally there's a crossword puzzle cross on there. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's things in there to keep you busy. I mean, I we used to buy it and just read it cover to cover. So that's great. Then I would take as my food. I would take some trail mix. Some good stuff, you know, get some nuts, some chocolates, some dried fruits. Can't go wrong with that. I say I would eat them one at a time, but I just eat them all at once, and then they're gone. And I'm like, man, I planned terribly. And my vice, I would just take a, and a big old espresso machine up there with me, scare every jaguar away for 300 
miles, but I would have nice uh, espresso up there with me while I was doing that. So that would be my vice. So coffee, trail mix, and Empire Magazine. Okay, I'm, I'm taking the book of Les Miserables uh, because it's like a thousand pages long. I'm only a hundred pages in. I need some motivation to finish reading that book. I started it six months ago. It's... <laughs> And I just need to, I need to keep, like, the, like, my wife got it to me for our anniversary, uh, last year, and tickets to go and see Les Mis, and I thought, oh, I'll try and read this whole book before we go and see it, and we saw it three months ago. And so, <laughs> I, I failed at that <laughs> challenge. Uh, so that would make me watch it. Uh, let me read it even. Uh, uh, I want a Les Mis audiobook where Russell Crowe reads it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate Russell Crowe in the film version until I saw the stage version and listened to somebody so much better do it. Uh, so I can now appreciate all of the criticism that he received for his performance as a Javert. Uh What would I eat? What would I eat? What would I eat? I, I was just going to, like, I, I eat terribly, so it's just going to be like a big bag of chocolate. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> which is terrible. Like, chocolate gives me mouth ulcers. I eat too much of it, so it's just bad all round. But, uh, I mean, actually, I, I have some, like, uh, chocolate-coated, uh, like, protein bars. Not, not They're not, like, protein bars. Not what they call, but like for for running, they're good running snacks. So I'd have some of those. Sure. Nice. Not with peanut. But there's some that most of them have peanuts in them. None of those. No, thank you. They're horrible. So peanut free. <laughs> I I don't have an allergy. I just hate peanuts. And my vice. <clears throat> hmm. Jeez. I don't have many vices. It's just drinking. <laughs> and I don't want to. All I, right. I, so yeah. he'd have a pint. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. not, I, I mean, I'm dr- I'm currently drinking a pint of Amaretto and Pepsi Max. So, it yeah, is. I just have a mini fridge full of Amaretto you, and Pepsi You sure Max. it's not a mega pint? <laughs> <laughs> Current events. So right, I love it, Nick. So, uh, my food would be a... I've been really big on whatchamacallits, the candy bar. Um, so I'd have a whatchamacallit as my food. Aye, aye. Uh, I would have uh, Rolling <laughs> Wait, Stone. That... What? Isn't that the song, Whatchamacallit? I, did I just make that up? You this, might have. The, the commercial, they're like, Whatchamacallit? As far as I'm concerned, I Nick's made have... up the chocolate bar. No, Whatchamacallit. I have not. Yeah, it's a real deal. Yeah. yeah. I've only ever seen them in the store. I've never really seen a commercial for it. I think I dug deep for that. I pulled it from the recesses of my brain. Wow, There's somebody yelling at the podcast right now. How do you guys not know what he's talking about? <laughs> I've never heard of these things before. <laughs> So we've watch divi- We've divided audiences with the whatchamacallits. <laughs> oh, there's peanut butter in them. Hard pass. Oh, you need peanut butter. Yeah, dude, it's protein. Hard pass. If, it, if there's no if there's no protein, it's, it's a whatchama. That's that. That's what you call it. It's the who's he what's it. <laughs> Why am I eating this? <laughs> Just my fault. Who's he Too much of it. <laughs> See, the, on the Wikipedia page, there is a link to a related brand, Who's Your What's It? And I've clicked it, and I do not have permission to be on that page, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatchamacallit, so like, if there was no peanut butter, I'd be like, you know, like whatchamacallit? No, that was a bad joke. I'm just, yeah, forget it's, about it's, that. It's how they forget. name kangaroos. Wait, huh. what? <laughs> I, I, the legend goes that when settlers arrived in Australia, they pointed to an animal and were like, what is that thing? And they said kangaroo, which meant I don't know. And it just got mm. named kangaroo. But it's like an, an, an old folk tale, I think. There are no kangaroos. Kangaroos are not amongst the animals on the boat in Primal. As, as much fun as that might have been. That we know of. That we, yeah, I mean, yes, we didn't. Oh, there is a, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, 
There is. What you call it? Uh, uh, yeah, I did it. Okay, Nick, what's, what's your what's your voice and what's your, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your the uh, the magazine is Rolling Stone yep. issue eleven forty one. It's a big article on Dark Side of the Moon, how Pink Floyd came about it. They wrote it, and then how you know it started kind of the cracks in the band and how they eventually uh, tore themselves apart, mostly between Roger Waters and David Gilmour. Um, but it's a, I have it actually. It's in the so in my bathroom underneath of the sink, at least in the basement bathroom underneath of the sink. I have a little stack of magazines, and mostly it's old Rolling Stones about like Pink Floyd or Jimi Hendrix or Bob Dylan, just like fun articles to read. Um, and it's always an article I, I really really enjoy. Um, my vice, I'm a bit of a a goof at work. Um, I have a magic eight ball, and sometimes when people ask me a question, I'll just shake the magic eight ball and give them that answer. Uh, I have Pez dispensers, and during a serious conversation, I'll just break it out, eat two of the Pez like right from the little opening and just keep going, like not breaking eye contact. Um, I also have a very big bucket of double bubble uh, bubble gum, and I've been chewing a lot of that lately, and not good. The flavor lasts maybe five seconds, so I as think my take vice out of the wrapper. Be, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, my vice would be double bubble because I'm I'm literally going like two three pieces at a time. Not good. It's you literally your whole mouth is gum and your jaw hurts after a while. But I can't stop chewing it. I didn't get a bag. I got the bucket. I got like a three pound super fresh bucket. And no one believes me when I pull out double bubble. And then they see the bucket and they're like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "What's wrong with you for not liking double bubble?" Oh, that's amazing. You have like a tennis ball size glob. <laughs> Just basically. So Basically. If, if you could have a Pez dispenser of Nick Cage, what film is it going to be from? Ooh, easy. Sailor Ripley from uh, Wild, at Wild at Heart. Okay. Yeah, I'll still answer. <laughs> Moving on. Wait, I want to do this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be Con Air because of the hair. Yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. It's just a long flowing hair. <laughs> I can't believe I just said, I want to do this. <laughs> hey, hold hey, on a play. second. <laughs> Turn the train around. Don't leave me out of a Pez discussion about Nick Cage. Um, for those wondering, I currently have a Mandalorian Pez, a Baby Yoda Pez, which is half the size of a Mandalorian Pez, and a Pizza Pez. It's a red Pez dispenser with a little piece of slice on top. Wow. Okay. I, I'm, yeah, personally, I'm thinking of... Uh, 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 the Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Noir. Uh, Ooh. For me, I think. So you want to cover up Kit Cage? I mean, I'm not sure how well... It's been a long time since I've seen a Pez dispenser. I'm not sure how well his features would, would work scaled down to Pez size. I, I don't know what the kind of... The definition is like on Pez dispensers these days. Uh, Nick is showing me... If that's supposed to be Nicolas Cage, then that is a terrible definition. No, it's a gingerbread man. My Fonzie Bear <laughs> one at work broke, and I was very heartbroken about it. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. It's the only one I have near. I used to collect them. I have, like, loads. Do you, loads do you have them. a Rolf one? I have a Kermit. I have a Piggy. I have a Gonzo. I technically have another Fozzie. I got a backup. And the framing of your camera on Skype is beautiful nick thanks man thank you i know it's not I, good for podcasting but the way you're framed right i had mind if i take a picture of this go for it i'm a big knickknack guy and you got to compare and it to mine which has uh, just got a, a giant light on the top, top of my screen huh? like that one right there this took me years to find at a thrift store you're a knickknack guy 
Very much. So. Look, I got a hawk. Look, I got a Rolf right there, huh? That's beautiful. So my, my camera's set up poorly to show you all of my knickknacks. So just that's a very classy. Cole- that's a very classy collection, my friend. Huh? Got Rolf on the shelf looking at me. <laughs> I got this guy set up here. Hey, yeah. <laughs> a little moose. Yeah. Got to you. Mark, I sent that off. Podcast. So you look. Okay. It's even got my. All right, See? now look at that, Jay. Just happy to be here. I did. I did find something really cool, right. though. You know what? I'll save it. The one thing I liked about this, like the research of this movie, is you know, I learned a lot about the director, who Nick Powell has done some insane projects. I mean, this guy was a stuntman who became a stunt coordinator, who then moved on to directing. But this guy did the second unit for RRR, uh, the amazing Hollywood film that came out. Thank you. I learned about that. Uh, I got corrected on the podcast on Lamperty, so I'm very happy that I learned the. No, I'm happy. Like, I needed to know that. So it's, um, but what's great is, yeah, I was like, man, like, this looks good. And then I got corrected. I was like, you're right. I look bad. And I use it as a learning experience. But the, he, he did the second unit of it. And I believe that RRR is one of the, you know, I'm going to sum up. My, my wife, Megan, said it after watching RRR. She goes, Mark, that's like one of my favorite movies ever made. She just absolutely loved it. But this guy who directed Primal, did the second unit directing on it. I mean, he, this is, this movie made a hundred million dollars. It is going to be a, a, a insane cult classic for years to come. And he was brought in to do the action in it. So, I mean, this is a dude who he also, um, he was a second unit director and fight choreographer on born identity. He was on hot rod, second unit director, which makes me really happy. And he also worked. Yeah. He was a second unit director on hot rod. And he also, um, he did a lot of the stuff in the Resident Evil movies with Paul W.S. Anderson. He was a second really? unit director for him. So like, this guy, uh, I mean, he also worked on Batman. He worked on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was one of the dudes running around with a bow and arrow and uh, everything during the, the battle scenes. Like this guy, he was on Braveheart. Um, what Judge a life Dredd. lived. Yeah, Goldeneye he worked on. I mean, he's done a ton of TV, but just gigantic movies. And then he he moves up and he starts working as a coordinator I mean, this guy, this guy, um, he, he set up the fight. I just can't believe he did the fights in Born Identity. So the fights watch. And 28 days later, he was a sun coordinator. Uh, you know, Last Samurai, the sword fights, he helped, like, he was a chore- choreographer for those sword fights in The Last Samurai, which looked great. Um, this dude is, is big business, actually. Uh, just, it's pretty cool knowing that. And then, so to watch this movie, there are some um, pretty cool fights in, yeah. in, in it. Yeah. There's yeah. like, the kind of close calls fights between uh, Cage and Durand. Yeah, there's a great filing, what like a like a shelving unit fight, yeah. and then there's a good like open container fight. And, and then when it... when Durand fights with Jerome, the oh the yeah, guy the minion. Uh, who, yeah, they have a, a cool fight. Yeah, they have a good fight. I mean, it's I think what people got to realize is these movies have no budget yes. whatsoever, and so they're not they don't have the time of of any other film. They don't have the equipment of all the films. They don't have you know like this. Yeah, this and I guess it's not Scott Adkins, so you can't even have his kind of fight scenes. But yeah, they look good. I mean, there's a certain uh, there's a certain fun element to it. So I mean, I, I think this guy did the best he could for Primal. It's just such a fast moving film with a kind of a stock script, but it was fun looking him up and also the the cinematographer too. I don't know if you if you check that out as well, but the cinematographer is just has been working on pretty much. Uh, Vern Noble's junior, 
He's just been working on. He was on Speed. He was on Species. He was. Uh, he's another Paul W. S. Anderson guy. Like he was mm. a camera operator on Nightcrawler, all like the Rambo movies, the Resident Evil movies. I mean, this guy has just worked on. Jeez Louise, he's been the second unit uh, uh, DP on just a ton of movies. He Dante's Peak. That would make you happy. But um, it's pretty cool just watching what this guy has done and like the way he's worked up in the industry. So. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty cool. This guy worked on The Hunt for Red October and Cujo. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> yeah. Which you, can, you mix those two films together, you get Primal. <laughs> <laughs> like, the talent behind and in front of the screen for this movie, like, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then I, it's Primal. It's just kind of a shame that the... I don't know what the budget for this film was, but as, as you said, it's it can't have been much because it didn't get much for release. The... The, the CGI is, isn't isn't great, uh, but factor in the the budget, I guess. Like the given that there's like animals featured prominently, they don't often look very good. Uh, so IMDb like, is saying the budget was nine million okay. estimated, which I think makes sense. I don't know how much of that went to to Cage uh, to buy a, another T Rex skull or whatever. Uh, but no, to pay off his T Rex. Yes, skulls. of course. You can't go, can't buy more. You have to pay yeah. off that first one first. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it feels very much like a 90s film. I feel like mm-hmm. the, if yeah. this had come out in during that, like, uh, the rock face-off kind of, kind of peak cage, this would be another cult action classic. Like, pretty much the same cast. Because uh, <laughs> Famke and Michael Imperioli were working back then. Um, I'm not sure when Kevin Durant got, his, got started. Uh, but sub out for Malkovich. I think you have a fun film or a Giamatti, of course. Uh, and you make I a mean, great that's... point because, like, remember Turbulence with Ray Liotta? Nick? No, like, I don't. Remember, like, oh, uh, like, <laughs> the 90s had those serial killers. Hey, I asked Nick. Um, the 90s had those crazy serial killers that were so over the top. And I think Kevin Duran yeah. is is channeling that with Richard Loeffler. And so it's it, – it, it, you can tell he's loving it. He's having fun with it. He's um, having some fun with his teeth. So, yeah, there's, and yeah, he's he's a '90s villain for sure. Like him and Gary I, Oldman from The Professional ooh, go have a pint together. Yes, I just I like Kevin Durant. I really do. I, I ever since Smoking Aces, I see his face and I'm yep. a fan, and I, I want to see whatever he's in. But I feel like he just kind of just comes up short with with his performance and his portrayal. I'm watching this, I'm like. Man, we should really swap roles, him and Nick Cage. Like Duran should be kind of like income in like the hero and this guy, and Nick Cage should be the one, I mean, for lack of a better term, like chewing the scenery and being like, you know, more of a Nick Cage that we're used to. But then again, it's like a typecasting thing. So would it be I think it'd be fun, but I just it it just misses it for me. I actually I think the in terms of switching roles, I feel like the criminal, or the, the guy locked up, Kevin Duran, needs to end up being the hero. Like, it's be like wrongfully convicted in some way, breaks out. Animals get loose some other way, perhaps. Because uh, because it, I think the fundamental problem you have with this film is our lead character Nicholas Cage. He's a bad guy. He's like a, a big an game hunter um, who uh, is like a belligerent asshole from second <laughs> one to every single person he makes. Famke Janssen is just trying to make like nice, pleasant small talk with him over dinner. And he's like, he's like flipping the bird at Michael Imperioli and, and just, just being a complete twat straight away to I, everyone. 
That's like when he's at the village before he leaves. It's the one scene that kind of bummed me out is he's getting ready to leave and he takes his wrapper and just throws it on the ground. And immediately in my head, I'm like, I hope someone from the crew picked that up after the scene was filmed. <laughs> I'm so worried about him littering and not treating humans like not humans. Like, yeah. Hey, get your kids some shoes. Cause that, yeah. that, that, that's the scene where he's like a good guy because he gives his driver turns him down, but he still gives him some money to buy his kids some shoes. Like that's like, like we see this flash of niceness to him. Otherwise he's, we just hate him. <laughs> And you you make a great point, too, because there's a scene at the end when we learn that Richard Loeffler was kind of turned by the NSA, then he was forced to be an assassin, and then he went too deep, and he probably lost his mind working for the... I have I have who he worked for, the Golden... Let's see. Uh, oh, let's see. Who did, yeah, I have it written down. I just... I lose everything. It's like Crimson so like the Golden. Yeah, yeah, and so he, work, he works for them, and... I was like, is he going to turn? Is Michael Imperioli the bad guy? But I'm like, he's already murdered about seven people. Oh, for the sword of God. He was a lead That's assassin the one, for the yeah. sword of God. But like, I'm like, you can't really turn him good now <laughs> because he's, he's gone way too far <laughs> past that. Just, so, I mean, just his performance. <laughs> you can't turn him good just because of every acting choice he's made up to this point. Yeah. I'm a bad soldier. I actually just checked, uh, and this script was originally written in 95. So this should yeah. have been made then. So. Really, this is a yeah, yeah. this that this is a '95 script yeah. for sure. Because you got you just got to add more huh. elements to it. Like, you know, like I kind of love the '90s though. You're like, you know, you're on a bus that's speeding, but it also has a bomb on it. Like, it's just it keep adding things on top of each other. So it just makes me happy. But yeah, I mean, this, this kind of feels like okay, Die Hard came out, then you had all the Die Hard copies. Somebody watched Under Siege, and like, okay, I want I want Under Siege, but I want to mix something with it, and they were also watching mm. Jumanji at the same time. And they just merged those two together. Yeah. And they just kept the CGI monkeys the same since their original <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> wow. Just copy and paste yeah. and copy and paste. <laughs> you know, I got this script about this, like, big game hunter and this, uh, you know, animals get loose. Like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, Jumanji. Oh, I got it. Cool. You know, like, it's Jumanji on a boat. Yeah. You know I, David Alan Greer, right? Yeah. So ask about how I was working with the monkeys. Like, maybe... Yeah. Did you see him react to that alligator? Gold. He was just a tennis ball and a stick. We got plenty of those. He, he is the best issues. movie yeller of all time, David Alan Greer. No one yells better than David Alan oh, Greer. Yeah. I'm saying it. He's yeah. a scream king. I, I, I'm struggling to think of something I mean, better. I mean, listen, any movie with Nick Cage shooting monkeys inside of a kitchen with a blow dart is cool with me. Yeah. It's it's like if there's treasure in a movie, I automatically give it a B. Like the, it could be the worst movie ever made, B. I'm dead serious. He is. So, it's up in public. Uh, then, you know, <laughs> I give it a B. Cuthbert Island. <laughs> yeah, B. Just give it a B. It's Love the Treasure Island. They're hunting for treasure, B. Sahara, didn't disliked it, B. So, I, I, I think seeing Nick Cage shoot blow darts at Kevin Durand and have Kevin Durand go, did I kill you? Because I really want to fight you. Uh, <laughs> is, is, yeah, I, I, you just got to enjoy it. Like You just got to kind of let loose and, and let it wash over you. But it's not like a Moonfall-esque experience that's just totally insane. So it's never going to reach like cult status right. or so bad it's good status. It's just going to be primal 4.1 yeah. on IMDb. It's not like it had some crazy twist where – 
he's a he works with the CIA, but he's been like experimented on, and he can actually like turn into a werewolf, and that's where <laughs> the primal comes from. And all of a sudden, he like becomes a werewolf during the last fight scene. <laughs> could you? Could you imagine? That would automatically make it a cult film. Automatically yeah. make it a cult. Oh film. man. And then Kevin Durant looks at him and goes, I can do that, too. And then he turns into a werewolf. <laughs> or a Frankenstein. Yeah, and then you just, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Come Kianson turns invisible. <laughs> I think we're on to something. I really, this I is really that dark universe they tried to do. Yeah. I, but dark you universe. Know what's, what about... You know what's tough? The toughest thing about this movie is that it was released in 2019. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of feel like at this point, Cage had some momentum going for him because like, let's say this movie was released in, uh, let's say, 2015, 2016. That's like coming off of Outcast, Left Behind, Dino Light, The Runner, Pay the Ghost, The Trust, Dog Eat Dog, Snowden, USS uh, Indianapolis. You'd have been like, OK, fine. Like it's it's just part of his run that he's currently on. But then he starts doing in, uh, Mom and Dad in 2017, which is really good. Then he does Mandy. Uh, in 2018 yeah and then he moves on to teen titans then he's in spider verse then he drops color out of space in the beginning of the year which is a wonderful film and then he goes to primal so you're just sort of you're 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 like man cage is back like cage is turning the corner and then i saw that i was so excited when i heard about this film right exactly and then when you felt the trailer jay when you saw the trailer jay how did you like how did you feel did you Uh, just feel deflated a little bit I was still thought like I'm still looking forward to this, but a little, a little less so. And yeah. then it, I, I had seen this before, so I, I I picked this for the podcast having seen it before, um, and I I hated it that first time around. I thought it was terrible, but it seemed like just the most deep blue sea and Conair adjacent film I could think of. It was it was this or USS Indianapolis, and I didn't want to watch that. Mm. I just I, I haven't seen it before. I've heard it's terrible. I didn't want to watch it. Uh, so I thought, hey, we'll, we'll find things to talk about. Primal, Primal could be fun. And I watched it again, and I liked it more. And then I watched it again, again, on speed run through, and I liked it even more. It's, you know, it's a film to watch in double speed. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I had I had uh, fun with it. But then going from Primal to, like, Willy's Wonderland, incredible film. Yeah. And then uh, Pig and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Those Very three come in a row. Uh, that's just a phenomenal run. It just comes at such a bad. I felt like it came at a bad time for Cage, and maybe if it went, I mean, you know what? You know what's interesting? Do you think if this came out during his run from like 2014 to 2016, people would have been more kind to it because it wasn't Left Behind, it wasn't Outcast, it wasn't Rage, it wasn't Hey um, the Ghost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All like, these it, films that do not exist. I mean, The Trust is good. Uh, the Trust is pretty good. Him and uh, Elijah Wood, but. If it would, yeah, I think if it would have come out in that time, maybe it'd be like, well, it's not as bad as the other one, so <laughs> I guess that's good. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen any film in that kind of in that lore, but like Joe, I heard good things about Joe. Oh, Joe's wonderful. But I, I haven't David Gordon seen Green. It. Uh, yeah. So I, I heard people say that it's really good, but then I don't know many people that have actually seen it. So oh, I love it. Yeah, maybe. So I feel like Primal might have had good reviews but no one would have seen it or very or fewer people would have seen it anyway <laughs> yeah that makes sense he he commits though in this like do you okay does he, he always commit in this i, I yeah. think he does he, he always he always at least tries uh but it's just unfortunate the character he tries with here is just so so unlikable 
But just looking at the DVD cover, I don't think he's looked worse. Just in terms of uh, overall uh, uh, body shape and clothing combination. He just kind of looks weird, terrible. Yeah. Through Cage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that like, Henley. It's, they wanted him to look bad, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, just I'm showing, I'm showing the DVD image. What's on, on the camera. front of it, Jay? Is that the Wait. one between the eyes? Oh, see, I'm looking at the poster. Where he's in between the eyes of the jaguar. Did they say Die Which Hard meets like snakes on a plane? Yeah, Die Hard meets snakes on a plane is the quote from Stardust. Mm. And I can see how you could get to that conclusion. Yeah, because of the snakes, but... <laughs> no, there's two of them. What? There's you know three. Funny? One, one stays in a cage, but yeah, there's three. One of the funniest lines. He's like, "There's." He says, "Yeah, there's two." Snakes. He's like, "How many?" He's like, "I just told you it was two. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't didn't. know why, but I yeah. burst out laughing at that line. I'm like, "What? There's? It had to have been improvised or something. Like, there's no way that was written into the script." Oh, there's but, there's so many just kind of snarky comebacks. Like when someone says, like, "Oh, you're sure that the water's out?" I was like, "I know how an effing force it works, you federal clown." That's where the, that line comes from. <laughs> oh, well, Nick Cage did say that a lot of the lines were improvised, and that's one of the great pleasures of working uh, with the director. Uh, we stick to the blueprint, which is a script, but go off page when it's right. You know the line, you kill my cat, I'll blow your head off. That was yeah. fun to say. Uh, the line, great pandas in the San Diego Zoo, all that stuff comes out of the comfortable <laughs> relationships I have with the director. So I, I've been at sea 60 years, you <laughs> for brains moron. Yeah. This yeah. one I'm going to have to bleep. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's it's uh, I, and then you know this the, you have the guy who's constantly saying like you know gosh darn it and like just gosh, swearing all over the place and every other you just, word you just have him yelling that he feels like another movie entirely yeah and, and yeah, also he, he really does and he's got he's got a, his like assistant Jerome there's a whole backstory for Jerome he's like oh he, he was in trouble with the law couldn't find a white policeman to believe him so I just took him on board the the ship and he lives with me now I'm like. What is what is what? this for? <laughs> like, this yeah. guy's gonna die in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, he he was about to fight a Sasquatch, and you know what happens when that happens. Dude, there's a scene where there's birds getting slaughtered. Yeah, there's the fish called Wanda that scene bums with me birds out. instead of fish. Yeah, this uh. murdering birds, and just I felt bad for Nick Cage when Duran was choking him with the rope when he's in the cage. Because you know Durant and Nick were going for it. <laughs> so poor Cage was just getting leveled by this guy. So it's... Do you think he actually shot the birds, too, to keep it, like, realistic? Or... Method, yeah. One they of the few did. animals that are real yeah. in this film, so yeah. Yeah, they, it's, they yeah, definitely blew... got to. Like, did you read the disclaimer on the bottom? Like, eight birds were blown up in the making of this film? <laughs> All feathers were kept. Not PETA-friendly. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they're just jerk birds. I mean, all, could birds. Be. all birds are jerks, really, aren't they? You ever met a nice <laughs> bird? You ever met a bird like, yeah, this guy's my friend? No. I've been attacked by a bird before. Hey, see, point proven. I I, would, I want to be friends with Canadian geese, though. I kind of want to adopt Canadian a Canadian geese ain't bad. Yeah. yeah. I would love my, some living in my backyard. My adopted penguin, Chuck, he's a good boy. Chuck's know? great. I mean, of, of course, apart from Chuck. Remember when Chuck and I went to the brewery Chuck. together? It was such a good time. He's just swimming around that big vat of beer. He was. He was doing his little tail wiggle. He was doing the backstroke. I didn't know penguins could do the backstroke. Yeah, well, get enough lager in them. Just circling around the bright tank. <laughs> I'll start using beer terminology. Don't don't make me. Double dry hop, double penguin IPA. I'll talk about work. 
<laughs> hey, can you give us a tour through the boat? Can you can you do that real quick, Nick, for us? The boat? Yeah, that they were on in this movie. Can you give yeah, us a absolutely. tour? Yeah, absolutely. So you got the front of the boat, right, or the bow. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, then you go through about the center of the boat, or we call mid-boat. Yeah, mid, midships. When you mid-ships. Get, when you get to the back, the stern, you know what I mean? Some people like to say aft, and I'd tell them no. Uh, you have the port side, you have the starboard side. Now they call the starboard side because that's where you would look at the stars back then to figure out where you were. Then if you go downstairs, you got the main stairs, you have the side stairs. You there's so many different stairs. I I could spend another five minutes listing them all. I was wondering if you could give us a a, a tour of this specific boat rather than just any boat. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. So here's the hey, thing about the wait, smoke. can you tell me where the Switlick can be found? And also, what is the Switlick? Next, to, I was going to say next to the kitchen. But they say the, the Switlick. Oh, the galley, thank you. It's like they say Switlick so many times. And in they never explain what the Switlick is. Where's the Switlick at? <laughs> it's next to the room with no water. What I don't understand is, after a while, it felt like there were the room more with no rooms. Water. <laughs> there were more rooms on this boat than I think there was space on the boat, right? Like, doesn't it feel like after a while, they like they never go and it felt to me like they never went in the same room twice. Or there's a scene uh, when he's first discovering that there's no water and you got watch his face going through like the tunnel almost looks like he's in an alley. It doesn't even look like he's on a boat, like or I guess well, a ship at this point. But it's that, just it, it looks like it's so much. And I'm like, are we where are we? Well, they, they do keep going back to that one like safe room. Where once the captain gets yeah with all the birds and everything yeah but... well no not that one the the one where they were like they had hidden away when when the captain gets bitten by the snake they take him back there oh, they keep yeah. on like teleporting back there there's so many scenes where there's somewhere else and then immediately cut to everyone's back in that room and then cut to everyone's around the ship somewhere else again so I think that that's the set cut. they had the most then there's so. a star wipe <laughs> people don't do that enough there's not enough fades or wipes or anything like that it's just like cut. There is, doctors there is have one that. amazing cut in, in this film where the camera zooms into oh, a red no, light. Oh, no, don't say it. And then it oh, goes, Jay. <laughs> it goes up and to the right was this bright red light, and then it comes away, and it's in a different corridor with the same light in it. <laughs> when you said that, I knew exactly what you were talking about. And, you know, if you have that 18 times in the Subject movie, if it's a stylistic film, but they just they did it one. once. You know on Yeah, you know on set, they're like, you know what would be cool? Watch this, Hank. And then they just do it. People are gonna love it. The cinematographers like, guys, I got an idea. I'm like, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> we're improvising. We've got this light and this other light that's the same. Uh, hey, man, this right now. cinema. It's jazz. Yeah. It's about the scenes you don't show. Get that crafty guy. Get him on the camera. Jay, I like that more than it deserved. <laughs> It's just a feeling, man. We're like the beats in the 60s with this thing. Oh, you know what I love about Kevin Durant, though? He, he's, this guy works. I don't know how he has any free time. You look in, in his movies, there's constant films, and then all of a sudden he's in six episodes of Vikings. And then he pops up to 46 episodes of The Strain. And then he's in 10 episodes of Swamp Thing. The guy just does not stop. He's in seven episodes of Ballers. Well, he and Rock were together in um, Walking Tall. But, I mean, this guy, I love how he just works. And he's always the bad guy. He was a bad guy in Noah. Lost. I, I, I first saw him in Lost. Oh, he's oh yeah. Of the mercenaries. 
he's in 11 episodes, but he's got quite a small role. But as soon as I first saw him, I was like, this, that's a face I'm going to remember. And, and he's, I, I, ever since then, I've always kind of like looked out for him and things. And he's always, he's always at least good. Like he's in X-Men yeah. Origins Wolverine is awful. That's because this is what it is. But he's like good. It's where I find out like Mark worked on it. It's, I tend to feel after I, after I say if something is terrible, like Mark, if I worked on it, I worked <laughs> no, on I, Devil's I, I Knot. I said like I didn't with... like something and then it's like, oh, I was an uh, extra on that. Uh, <laughs> I worked on Devil's Knot with him. Uh, he was in Atlanta for that. And the guy, very rarely are actors as big as you'd think. I remember Liam Neeson shocked me a little bit on Anchorman Wait, 2. Six, but seven, then, and then this guy, like he, so he's like six, he's taller than me. I'm 6'3", but he was like big. He was like wide. He's like a if door. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember looking at him. He gave me this like crazy smile, and I'm like, "That's a big dude." <laughs> I think I, I'm surprised I didn't say that out loud. Hey, man, <laughs> like, man that's a big dude. What's going on, like, man? I, I, I almost deuce bigelowed him. Um, <laughs> that kneels down and ruffles your head. Kind of like. Yeah, no, but like, you, you don't really you a good see job that. today. You never really see that in in film or Hollywood, like people that big. But I'm like, this is a big guy. Like, no wonder he's not in too many movies because he would just dwarf, you know, like I guess other people in there, but. I, I did see. I, yeah, that was my one memory. I had to load people into a courthouse. I had to get it. We had to get them across the street, which was harder than you think. Getting people across the street, like people just lose their minds on film sets. Oh, I can just walk. No, there's a semi coming through set. Yeah, just walk in front of that. Yeah, cool, <laughs> awesome, yeah, great. What's jazz, man? We're just making it up yeah. as we go, baby. Feel it. Drums. Drums. Where's Ryan Gosling? Never plays the snare of the toms, just the hi-hat. Man, Ryan Gosling and Richard McAdams are so good. And so good in, in La La Land. <laughs> so I wish we... But yeah, I don't know. I dig, I, I, I like Durant. You're right, Jay. He's just He's got that interesting face. He's got a good presence. He, but he pops up in big movies. He was in that Robin Hood film. He, was, he had a big role in that. Um, I love yeah. him in Legion. Have you guys seen Legion? I have not no. seen Legion. Is that the one where they're in a diner and like... And demons and stuff. That was I'm Paul Bettany's action star run. Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, Gabriel. Absolutely. That's what I'm in the trailer for that, yeah. Yeah, and like, listen, I don't know if it's a good movie, but it, it features a guy from Tokyo Drift. It features, features Tyrese from Too Fast, Too Furious. It, it has uh, Adrian Palicki, who's awesome in Friday Night Lights. I mean, you, you have a stack. Charles says Dutton sacrifices himself Dutton. again. If you see him in a movie, you know he sacrifices himself. Yeah. And then it was. Um, Features a, a, a weird ice cream person. I don't know, but I, you know, it's interesting. It's a movie that I really didn't enjoy, but for some reason I think about it and I like it. Hmm. Does that make sense? It, yeah, and I, I've worked out why I haven't seen it because it stars Dennis Quaid, uh, who I just have issues with. I don't know, but I need to get. You're not a quader. That's on me. I'm not a quader. <laughs> okay. So Ed Asner is like that for me. Ed Asner. No, Ad Astra, that Brad Pitt movie. Oh, that's yeah. one where I don't, but I think about it. And like I'm like, maybe I did like it. And then I watch it, and I'm like, no. I think about one scene where they get attacked by monkeys in space. There we go. It's and that's the only scene I can remember from that very boring film. Uh, and consumerism <laughs> in space and space pirates. Uh, just, just the monkeys. Yeah. That's all I can remember. Silence <laughs> on the moon. I have another question for y'all. So you're you're remaking this movie. It's it's 2022 and you're a producer and you're like I like Primal I'm gonna remake it They're, I'm gonna I don't know why I'm just gonna do it and you can pick any serial killer from every mo- any movie ever made to put him in it and you can pick one movie monster and put it on the boat so 
you can pick a serial killer to take over for Durand. You can still keep him in the movie. And instead of the white jaguar, you can add any movie monster ever into right. this. Because it's fresh in my mind, uh, where I'm going to swap out the serial killer and I'm going to put Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter from Manhunter in here. Yep. Because I think he would just like here. Let me carry these scenes, and then for the monster, Scream Bear from Annihilation. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Yes. <laughs> Imagine oh, they're man. like someone over there, and then they get in there, and it's oh my god, it's so fucking gone dead. The screaming bear. Oh man, oh I want this movie. <laughs> <That's> terrifying. <laughs> so, I kind of went dark, and I want to do Jack from the house that Jack built because Matt Ooh. Dillon in that film is just. He's hilarious chilling. and brutal yeah he's hilarious and brutal and so adding him on this boat that character with these with nick cage would be amazing and then i guess well, i will add you know what i'm gonna do Cthulhu from deep rising yep. because okay. Okay. i want to see nick cage capturing <laughs> Cthulhu. wait so nick cage captures the screaming bear pig yeah, dude. Wait, tries. No, he gets them. In the beginning. He gets them. Yeah, so I just, you I, gotta figure out how. I don't think it's a blow dart. I think it's something else. He's gonna, hey, like, Nick, trick him into a box or something. Nick, you captured Cthulhu? Got him Get away from me, you federal, federal turd. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me, you taxpayer funded silly Sally. <laughs> Why don't you so go ride the a seesaw by yourself? I love this. I love the double insults in this movie. Some called some guy calls him a scumbag POS as well. So it's like let's add two. Jay, who, who's your killer and who's your uh, monster? I think my, my, I was originally thinking Anton Chekhov my killer, but I'm now going to go for a different a different code. Hmm. Brothers. I'm going to go for Charlie Meadows, John Goodman in Barton Fink. Oh, spoiler! Okay. Big. Okay. Raising okay. Arizona, Raising Arizona yeah, reunion. Yeah, that works too. Because uh, I, I mean, John Goodman's just one of the best, and he like he's such a likable guy playing a serial. Like, he's he's a guy who's not always playing a villain, but he, he's such he's so great so great when he is playing a villain. And for my monster, uh, I really liked Kong Skull Island more than I think I should have done. I don't know what it is about it. I'm not picking Kong. I, I, I don't know. I, I I thought it was great, but it also it has it, it's not a perfect film, but I had fun with it. So I'm just gonna. I don't need to second guess this. I liked it. That's all I need to say. It's great. Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to pick Kong. I'm not going to pick the, the skull things. I'm picking that giant bamboo spider. Oh, yeah. That just kind of walks through and impales a guy throat down. Like, just just goes through him. I love that scene. That's incredible. That's, that's my monster. Here, here's the thing about that. Cthulhu, you could have its tentacles going throughout the ship, right? How? Oh, yeah. What's the spider doing? Is it know. just stomping through the ship and it sinks? And I don't mean to tear apart no, your answer, but in my head, I'm like, how is the spider getting... Unless it gives birth to baby spiders Little because spiders. they kill it by the same. There we go. Little bamboo spiders going around all of the, the ducks of the boat. They're, every, they're everywhere. Going through all the pipes and everything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. There's someone sleeping. The bamboo spider walked on a person's eyeball. Oh, and It, it walks away and takes the eyeball with it. That'd be like, like a terrifying, gory Home Alone. Yeah. Totally like a Home Alone. That's a beautiful. That's so. It's like Deep Blue Sea too. Screams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby, the baby, the baby shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joy swims. Joy swims. Yeah. Uh, a, I want a, Nick Cage to yell Joy Scampers. Joy Scampers. This Deep Blue Sea too, but with Nick Cage, and 
I want I this mean, movie. I mean, I feel like that's the way we can we can relaunch the franchise if we get Nick Cage to to be in a Deep Blue film. And John Goodman was in Kong Skull Island too. I mean, everyone was in. What? Well, yes, he was. Yeah, I was trying to, I was, like no, he wasn't. That was John C. Riley, but no, he was in there as well. There was like twenty people in there. <laughs> can we talk about that scene where, for no reason, Tom Hilson puts on a gas mask and slices his way through a field of poison gas? Uh, I mean, what do you mean for no reason? It looked cool. <laughs> I was going to say it's going to be with us. I think my character would do this. Mm, I don't. I don't think he would, Tom. Let's just try. Okay, see see. Turn the cameras on. I'm running. Hey, what is this? What story function does this serve? Shut that? your face. I'm Tom Hiddleston. That's what it serves. I Look how bitch. this t-shirt looks on me. So, <laughs> sorry, Jay. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was done. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, okay. So, I, I and also like... Russell Crowe kills our Kevin Kevin Durant in 310 to Yuma. Yep. Easily. I don't oh, lie. yeah, he is in that, isn't he? But that's Pete Crow. So yeah. I guess Pete Crow could take out Pete Durand. Yeah, it's not like. Uh, well, I mean, I, I feel like if you put Kevin Durand in The Nice Guys, I feel like Russell Crowe would. It would be slightly more difficult, but I still would say Russell Crowe's going to get him. No, thank you. Mm. That, that's not peak. Physical peak Crow. But that's. But it's like mental. Yeah. A lot of yeah. gaslighting. That's how Crow gets you now. Gaslighting. Yeah. And shoes. Leather jacket. It's a very dated reference. He's uh, fought. He's fought his way around the world. It's a phone, not a shoe. God damn it. Primal. Uh, yes, primal. So another. Uh, I, overall, I like the film. I didn't like the kind of tacked on romantic subplot, where like he, he wins Famke Jensen over because uh, they hate each other. Uh, no, she tries to be nice to him to start with. He proves that he's a terrible person, so she hates him. And then towards the end, he saves the day a little bit. But still, in a really sadistic manner, like, yeah, he bests Kevin Durand, he then tranquilizes him, strings him up, and has him eaten by a jaguar. That's a horror movie death. Mm. That's not a nice guy move. No, he's not love... feeling anything, but he's got to look at it. No, he is feeling it. That's, right? that's what he says. He says he can still feel, he just can't move. So he feels that he's being eaten alive. But he can't oh. do anything about it. That's like uh, I mean, Elijah Wood's death in Sin City. Where he's just like chained to a tree, eaten by dogs. Uh, oh yeah. Smiling the whole time. Yeah. And uh, also, I love when the guy gets bit by a snake, and Nick Cage is like, "Yeah, we gotta go get morphine." He's like, "He's dead." <laughs> then he looked kind of weird when yeah. he asks about it too. Yeah. He's uh, like, oh, "We need to." He's like shifty when he asks about the morphine, almost <laughs> like he's like, "Yeah, let's get the morphine for the guy." Meanwhile, he's like, "I got morphine." But, but he says he has a 20% chance of survival even with the antidote. They do not have the antidote. He survives. 2% chance, then. <laughs> some guys are really... Some guys have all the luck. Uh, isn't that what Phil yeah. Collins said? No, Rod Last... Stewart said that. Ooh, Rod or Phil. Or was it Alana Moore said? It's one of the two. It's ironic. Don't you Don't think? You think? <laughs> I love in the trip to Italy or Spain how they just drive around listening to Alanis Morissette the whole time. Jagged Little Pill. Good not Jagged Edge. Not not Jagged Edge. Not that band. But yeah. So last last question from me. Jay, Nick, who would you rather battle on this boat? The White Jaguar and Kevin Durand. Or Evil Patrick Wilson from Insidious 2. And evil Patrick Wilson from In the Tall Grass. In the Tall Grass. So, Cardigan 
evil cardigan wearing Patrick Wilson, evil polo shirt wearing Patrick Wilson, or a jag white jaguar and Kevin Durand. Which two? So it's the Wilson twins. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for the Wilsons. Oh. Because once you figure out one Wilson and their patterns and their behaviors, I feel like you could figure out the other, and you might have a better chance at besting them. Whereas a Jaguar, you don't know what's going to happen. And then Kevin Durant, you really don't know how big he is until you see him and get close to him. <laughs> and that smile is so disarming and charming, but terrifying. <laughs> I, I'm going to yeah. go the other way. I, I'm not going to go for the Wilsons because I feel like I couldn't figure out even one, let alone two. Because uh, I have not seen either of those films. Whereas uh, uh, Loffler and the Jaguar, they're not going to be working together. To start with, Ooh. I just got to hide. I just got to secrete myself away somewhere until one of them sorts out the other. The survivor will be injured in some way. Uh, and, you know, Nick Cage manages to, to beat them both. He just traps. Let's, let's say, I think I feel like the Jaguar's going to win. It's going to take out Loffler because it's a Jaguar. <laughs> uh, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill and eat a lot of Loffler. That's hard to say. Eat uh, a lot of Loffler. <laughs> and yeah, it'll be a lot of Loffler. Yeah, eat a lot of Loffler. And then it'll be weary. Mean. It'll be like it'll be like bloated from having eaten this giant. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, in its like in its sedentary state, I feel like I could easily uh, catch it. Well, not easily, but more easily. So, well, yeah, that's my plan. I feel like Kevin Durant would have put at least a bullet in its head because I feel like every time Kevin Durant fires a gun in this movie, it's like put right into somebody's head. There's yeah. no, it's just bang, bang, oh. and also. All these gunshots going off, they'd have to be deaf at some point, right? And this big metal boat. It's so loud, <laughs> such enclosed spaces, they should immediately be falling to the ground screaming. What? I gotta say. Hello! <laughs> the monkeys got a... The mo it's gonna rip out your eyes! Don't touch the babies! The monkey bunch? What? <laughs> Why did the uh, chef lock himself in the galley? Why not? That's where all the food yeah, is, you can survive. That's, that's that's a city move. And also, I love all the, the adherence that Carl wait Carl Durand, Carl Durant, uh, Kevin Durand has to leg kicks in the final fight against Nick Cage. Like he's the most power. He's he's like this incredible powerhouse guy. I know I know Nick Cage has a hurt leg, but it's just kind of funny watching Kevin Durand leg kick <laughs> Nick Cage. Well, I mean, there are several times when he could easily just just kill. Uh, mm -hmm. Cage's character, like he's dragging him by the hair at one point, just for the fun of it. So he's there just he's to play. Manhandling him. Yeah, he's just playing with him. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, people gotta stop doing that in movies. Yeah, it's, it's not. Just it doesn't, kill the it doesn't guy. end up well. Yeah. yeah, just right. You'll get blow darted, and also you know you've been darted, and you're taking your time with leg kicks. Let's go for the head snap. Yeah, I can't seem to feel my legs. That was actually a Nick's yearbook quote. <laughs> Enough with the leg kicks, just snap a neck. Mom. <laughs> What's the live by? Oh, God. Because I was no, homeschooled. But... <laughs> <laughs> Here's my frame. yearbook. It's a family album. <laughs> like a picture of you and like a huge, like 400 page book. <laughs> It's like athletics. It's the, the worn piece of Nick. <laughs> it's like, where's Rehack at? 
flip through there. Where isn't he in this book? Oh, no, no, you'd have two pictures, most likely to be on a boat with a killer white jaguar. Then mm-hmm. you, you'd be in there. Mm-hmm. And then the quote, enough with the leg kicks, Mom. <laughs> Listen, leg kicks work. But... So, how is Primal like Deep Blue Sea? I have a list. I'm still doing this kind of thing. Uh, as an animal it's POV, beautiful. I was gonna ha- I was gonna have you do it first, but you kind of hated it when I made you do I, it the last time. I, I was just un- unexpected. Uh, I can, I mean, whenever you're, if you want to throw me that curveball, go for it. But it's too oh. late now. Uh, oh. So as an animal POV, I just like that the uh, the Jaguar's vision is in black and white. I don't know why if that's the case or not, but uh, hunting animal in an open in an opening scene, and he tranquilizes it. Uh, there is a the hero yells at a bird eating his food. Uh, <laughs> It becomes his pet bird, and it talks. Uh, there is a Sopranos cast member in this film. They uh-huh. die. <laughs> uh, it's set mostly at sea. There is a chef amongst the cast. There's an animal feeding scene. There's a drinking scene. Uh, a killer pretends to be incapacitated, then bites a guy's hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I do like and the a cage bites a hand, too. He does, yes. Uh, which, you know, there's no a hand bite. At no point does Carter bite a hand, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> a fin. See, it's it's the gunshots ringing out from all the guns. You say a hand sandwich? No, a ham sandwich. Uh, chef fights animals in his kitchen. Uh, the 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 engineer character, the, the goddamn character, who I wrote down as Scotty. Apparently, his name is Scuddy. Uh, but oh. it sounds like Scotty, and he's an engineer, so he should be called Scotty anyway. Uh, he felt to me like what would have happened if Scoggins got old. Mm. Just, just like Rappaport should have been playing this character. <laughs> uh, they use a woman as bait at one point. Um, they request the helicopter to her for assistance, and there are scenes lit entirely in one color, uh, just like in Deep Sea Two. There's like red scenes and yellow scenes. Scenes as big as your head. Indeed. Uh, oh my. And uh, how how deep and how I had a list of how this film was like Conair, but it was actually quite a short list because like there's an escapee, there's a they're put in a cage. Uh, criminal boarding and chains, etc. They shoot guns. They shoot guns. So, yeah. Uh, Can I guess? Are, people are angry. Uh, how? Oh, how deep and how blue? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, but well, uh, of course you can. So, deep blue sea is, as everyone knows, fourteen and a half meters or forty-seven and a half feet deep, thirty-one percent blue. Do you reckon uh, primal is deeper and/or bluer than deep blue sea? Okay, so eight percent blue. Okay. And 37 feet high. I'm going to say 30 feet deep. And I'm going to say 45% blue because there's a lot of color. There's a lot of uniforms. There's a lot of barrels. Dude's flannel is blue. Uh, uh, no, uh, it is <laughs> 5.4% blue. Wow. There okay. is there, there is some blue clothing, yeah, but a lot of scenes Sheesh. are entirely orange or entirely red or a lot of, of night. Uh, most of, like when they're in the ship, it's like everything's like two percent or like little bits of clothing here and there, but not not much. There's actually blue in this film. So five point. That's it. Eight percent. You did. So you're closest. Uh, so it is bluer than ravenous, what but less man? blue than deep water. And in terms of the depth, hard to tell because they're on a boat, and I, I didn't get a cross section. Uh, but I took it as the scenes were like down in the engine room as being like just below surface level and everything else being like a bit above. And because they're down in those rooms quite a lot, it ended up being 
uh, 0.15 meters up in the air, so 15 centimeters or half a foot up in the air. So mm. basically, on surface level, means it is less deep than shark bait, but deeper than the reef. I love. We need to unleash this list. Yeah, I, I mean to. Although I have made some little uh, amendments to the list Ooh. because we got Nick on the show. I was thinking Nick. Nick was last on for Godzilla vs. Biollante, which mm-hmm. famously <laughs> our least deep film because the ending takes place in space. So it's four thousand. 141.61 meters up in the air on average. <laughs> Least deep by a long way. Then I was thinking so, about that. So, record, baby. Well, I'm, I'm going to maybe take that away. Because Ooh, oh no. you know what you can consider space as being? It can be deep. You can have deep space. You can be in I space where this is going. and be deep. So I was thinking, should I take it that when you pass that atmosphere level, level, are you then going further deep depth-wise into space? That's what I'm thinking. Wait, so when you hit, you're not, once you hit... <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you, you keep going up, keep going up, keep going up. Then once you hit the edge of the sky and the start of space, you then start going in depth-wise. So you start getting deeper when you go into space. So it goes up to, I think it was like 16,000 feet, I think I worked out was the, I worked out, I Googled uh, where, where the atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> I worked out how to type it into, into the search bar. It said like 16,000 feet was roughly where space starts. And so everything beyond that becomes deep. So if I were to factor that in and also kind of, I kind of revised the satellite height that I had for this. If I factor that in, then Godzilla versus Biollante, if I take the, the height of Biollante at the end of that film as being the same height as the GLONASS satellite used for GPS and stuff, then the average drops down from 4,141.61 metres to 510.71 metres, putting it between Skip Trace and the Misfits. Two ground-based films, apart from the bits where they're on planes. So you'd you'd rather keep it up in in the I'd rather keep it, yeah. Because the further away you are from the water, the further up you are, right? Yeah, I just wanted to to pose this as a as a possibility. But if we're all happy to keep it up in space, then it can stay up in space. I just want to see what it does to the chart because it, it means that Cliffhanger becomes our least deep film. Oh, because <laughs> that's you know up a mountain. Uh, but it doesn't, affect, exp- it doesn't affect the blueness at all. Can you can you explore the like what's the word like the subjective deepness of it? <laughs> Or the, the like, like metaphor- how you can explore the when it's jazz, depth. baby. <laughs> the metaphorical yeah, depth of this film. Get that uh, clarinet, brother. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love to. I don't think I'm equipped to do so, but I can try. I'll play the clarinet. Yeah, I want Just do a ranking, though, at least, Jay. Just kind of go through and What's the most thematically depth film that we've covered? Yeah. Uh, um, this, is, this is an impossible task. <laughs> yeah, because we have a lot of them. There's like 50, 60 or so. I think there's 50 films on this list at the moment. And like, which one makes you cry the most? Which one makes you, like your heart yearn? Orca. Orca. Actually, I mean, Orca's got to be up there. <laughs> yeah, that, it does. When that pregnant yeah. whale gives birth and then dies. Yeah, and I think Orca spoilers. is there. It's opening scene. It's uh, yeah, haunting. Orca. 
I think Orca's in there. Yeah. Triangle. It's got to be up Triangle. There. Yeah. That's, that's thematic. Um, Rich. I mean, maybe, Not the, maybe the, the Abyss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some yelling in that and punching yeah. of chess. Not Ghost Ship. As much as I liked Ghost Ship, that was not that not well, let's deep do, water. Can we just do an episode about this? The the subjectively <laughs> deepest. <laughs> you mean the jazz man? <laughs> I'm reluctant to agree. Was being recorded, but yes, sure, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember some of these films. <laughs> boom snap! Boom snap! Boom snap! Oh, okay. um, and a one, and a two, and a you know what to do. Oh dear. Okay. Nick, <laughs> do you have anything to plug? Rehack Radio over on Mixcloud.com. You can find episodes there. It's me, it's hanging out, it's music, it's stories, little fun facts thrown in there. Overall, it's a good time. Episodes of Exploding Helicopter Podcast, you can find me over there. And uh, if you listen to the Lambcast and you listen to the Lamberty episodes, I have submitted a handful of questions, uh, one of which may or may not feature Taco Bell, and it was one of my favorite things to write. It was one of the uh, the best received categories as well. And if you listen to the most recent episode of Lamberty, uh, Mark was a contestant. Hey! Uh, I was still the host. Uh, so... Huh. It was crazy. I gotta listen to it. I no. wanted to, because you said you used some of my categories in there. I'm curious as to which one. You gotta listen right to the end. Uh, that's all. Okay. I'll say. Let it ride. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so that can be found on the Lambcast monthly. I host uh, movie trivia, Jeopardy inspired, uh, Lampity show. It's a lot of fun. Mark plugs. There's movie films of flicks, movie films then F L I X. Uh, we need to get you back on there, Jay, for the Twister yes, episode. And um, Nick, I was going to say good old Nick and I, uh, we have Annihilation coming up soon. And then we're going to be doing a slow motion jumping episode. And also our Tron Legacy Purple Rain episode just keeps getting listens. It just, it, I, I don't, I try not to look at my stats a lot, but when I do, it's always, <laughs> it's always, no, it gets addicting. You just got to stop. You just don't yeah. look at stats. Um, it really is. But yeah, uh, when you, whenever I go back and look at it, I'm like, oh, hey, that episode's jumped up. So people are really enjoying that because I bet they look at it and they go, what? But yeah, that's, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah, do that. Go go check those out. You'll love it. Excellent. And you can uh, follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DeepBlueSeaPod. Email us, DeepBlueSeaPod at gmail.com for any Deep Blue Sea adjacent films we haven't covered that you think we should. And if you're listening to this the day it comes out, then, you know, head on over tomorrow to uh, to your podcasting feed and look for Con Air the podcast where you'll never guess who our first guest is for chapter one of Con Air. It's only Mr. Negriak. Hey, it's me. talking about Con Air that he's seen for the first time. Yeah, uh, that that opening chapter with uh, Nick Cage returning home to his wife and having and, a happy uh, time. Infinite bit of it. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting our forty chapter journey. Delving into flying the skies. Of Forty chapters. Forty chapters. More chapters than there are real? on the DVD. <laughs> oh my gosh! Forty? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I know. I figured it should be more as well, but we, we kind of, kind of. <laughs> <did 40. laughs> Wait, forty chapters? <laughs> I thought it was like for real. You're not messing. I could have swore it was like twenty-two something like that. Like there's eighteen on the DVD. That was not enough. So I broke it I down it. more than that. Okay. Yep. Okay. You're you're on for half of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just, just one so far. We'll probably have you back towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, let's that... watch the credits. <laughs> so, uh, so this podcast, Deep Sea, is now becoming uh, monthly. Next month will be uh, uh, the Reef Stalked sequel to the Reef 2022 new release. Uh, so, so come back to hear me and Mark talk about that sometime next month. I haven't worked out the full schedule yet, but it'll it'll come out at some point. And uh, thank you, Nick Rehack, for joining us today. Thank you, as always, for having me, guys. It's uh, always a highlight of my week. Mm-hmm. I've been Jay Cluett. I'm Mark Diego, Diego, Diego Hoffmeyer. And, I'll, and we'll uh, deep blue see you next month. Goddamn! Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.